An exclusive new report over on The Federalist is alleging that Fannie Willis, who is the prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, the one who indicted President Trump and all of his co-defendants, this new report from The Federalist claims that Fannie Willis is committing a crime herself within the indictment of Donald Trump. This was written by Sean Fleetwood. Let's walk through it. This is what he writes. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis possesses evidence that exonerates several Republicans that she's targeting in her legal crusade against former President Donald Trump and other Republicans for their lawful contesting of Georgia's flawed 2020 election. In her August 14th indictment, Willis alleged the existence of Republican electors for Trump constituted an unlawful, quote unquote, conspiracy to overturn the Peach State's 2020 election results. Among those charged for partaking in this so-called conspiracy are David Schaefer, one of Georgia's 2020 Republican electors, and Ray Smith, who served as one of Trump's lawyers at the time of the contest. Specifically, Willis claimed Schaefer and the other alternate electors unlawfully, falsely held themselves out as Georgia's duly elected and qualified presidential electors. She further insisted these electors, with Smith's assistance, intentionally attempted to mislead figures such as then-Vice President Mike Pence and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger into believing that they actually were such officers. However, among the documents Willis obtained during her years-long investigation of Republicans was a meeting transcript refuting her allegations. A transcript of the Georgia Republican electors' December 14th, 2020 meeting obtained by the Federalists explicitly shows the intent behind casting alternate electors was not to impersonate public officers, as Willis alleged, but to lawfully preserve Trump's legal challenge to the state's election results. At the meeting's outset, Schaefer specifically noted how he and his fellow Republicans were acting as, quote, Republican nominees for presidential elector, not as duly elected and qualified presidential electors. Schaefer said, President Trump has filed a contest to the certified returns. That contest is pending and has not been decided or even heard by a judge with the authority to hear it. And so in order to preserve his rights, it's important that the Republican nominees for presidential elector meet here today and cast their votes. That quote is in the minutes of this meeting. The Federalist goes on to say, for context, Schaefer and Trump filed a lawsuit against Secretary of State Raffensperger in Fulton County State Court on December 4th, 2020, alleging tens of thousands of illegal votes had been cast in the state's presidential election. The suit came after a recount requested by Trump, deemed Biden the winner of Georgia's 16 electoral votes by a margin of 11,779. The recount prompted Raffensperger to recertify the election on December 7th, while Trump's legal challenge remained ongoing. By the time December 14th, 2020 arrived, the day on which nominees for presidential electors are required by federal law to meet, Trump and Schaefer's lawsuit was still pending. As such, Georgia's Republican nominees, including Schaefer, cast their electoral votes for Trump, while the state's Democrat nominees cast theirs for Biden. During the December 14th, 2020 meeting, Schaefer further clarified the legal rationale for filing alternate electors in a conversation with Smith, asking Trump's then lawyer, quote, and so the only way for us to have any judge consider the merits of our complaint, the thousands of people we allege voted unlawfully, 
is for us to have this meeting and permit the contest to continue? Smith replied, that's correct. The naming of contingent Republican electors during the 2020 election closely mirrors efforts taken during the 1960 presidential contest between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. As the Federalist's Margot Cleveland previously reported, a dispute over who won Hawaii's electoral votes prompted both Kennedy and Nixon electors to cast their votes for their respective candidates. While Hawaii's acting Republican governor initially certified the election for Nixon, a legal challenge and subsequent court decision resulted in the state's electoral votes being awarded to Kennedy. Unlike Kennedy, Trump never had his day in court over his legal challenges to those votes and others, but had the court ruled in Trump's favor, the alternative electors would have been in place to ensure the will of the Georgia people was exercised. While speaking to Schaefer and the other Republican electors on December 14, 2020, at this meeting, Smith asserted the naming of Republican electors for Trump would be conducted, quote, in accordance with the Constitution and the precedent established in the 1960 Hawaii case, saying, and I quote, we're conducting this because the contest of the election in Georgia is ongoing. Schaefer then replied, saying, and if we did not hold this meeting, then our election contest would effectively be abandoned, to which the lawyer, Smith, replied, that's correct. The Federalist goes on to say, the revelations unearthed in the transcript raise a significant question. If Willis was in possession of the transcript prior to August 14th, why did she charge Schaefer and Smith for allegedly partaking in a quote-unquote conspiracy to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results when the aforementioned document shows otherwise? Willis did not respond to the Federalist's repeated requests for comment on when her office possessed the December 14th, 2020 transcript prior to announcing Schaefer and Smith's indictments to the public. The Federalist goes on to say, unlike the 1960 Hawaii case, which was promptly resolved in a court prior to Congress's certification of the election, the Fulton County State Court reportedly violated Georgia's election code by failing to swiftly assign a judge to hear Trump's election challenge. Furthermore, the Georgia court delayed the first scheduled hearing of Trump's lawsuit until January 8th of 2021, two days after Congress certified Biden the winter, winner of the 2020 election, which effectively guaranteed that any court decision invalidating potentially illegal ballots would be moot. It's worth mentioning, the Federalist writes, that evidence unearthed following the 2020 election shows Trump's legal challenge in Georgia had strong merit with records indicating that there were more illegal votes than Biden's margin of victory in Georgia. Under state law, Georgians must vote in the county where they reside unless they change their residence within 30 days of election day. As the Federalist reported, however, Mark Davis, the president of Data Productions Incorporated and an expert in voter data analytics and residency issues, used data from the National Change of Address database to identify nearly 35,000 Georgia voters who indicated they had moved from one Georgia county to another, but then voted in the 2020 general election in the county from which they had moved. In a phone interview this week, Davis told the Federalist that more recent figures show more than 12,000 of those 35,000 Georgians later updated their voter registration address, providing the Secretary of State the exact address they had previously provided to the U.S. Postal Service. In other words, more than 12,000 in-state movers tacitly confirmed they illegally cast their vote in the wrong county in 2020. So as you know, we read a lot of articles on the show, a lot of snippets and selections from articles. 
we very rarely read an entire report. The reason that I wanted to read this entire report uninterrupted before any commentary is because this is very significant. This is not just very significant when it comes to the indictment of these individuals, these co-defendants of Donald Trump. We already know that that is unjust, unfair, and unfounded, that those indictments are empty. They're just political persecutions, essentially. But this matters to the outcome of our elections. This matters if the 2020 election was improperly administered, even if, I know a lot of us think, when we, when we think of voter fraud, we think of someone walking into a polling place and claiming that they are someone who they're not and fraudulently casting a ballot, or we picture um, someone stuffing a whole bunch of fake ballots in a drop box when you know they're not real, they're not valid. We think of these um, almost more cinematic and dramatic depictions of voter fraud, but there's a difference between voter fraud and invalidly cast ballots. And most of the improper fishy things that happened around the 2020 election were invalidly cast ballots. And I'm sorry if these people were were valid voters, if they had a right to cast their ballot, but if you don't do it in the right way, it's not allowed to be counted. And that's what happened in Georgia. And there's evidence showing that this happened. So the reason that I bring this up is partially because we need to understand that what Fannie Willis is doing is unfair and unjust and unlawful, that if she knew about this meeting transcript, if she had this exonerating evidence, then her charges, she's in fact committing a crime by leveraging these charges against Trump's co-defendants. And she should be held accountable for that. But there's also another point that needs to be made. We're talking often, obviously, because we're in primary season, about the 2024 presidential election. And we're talking about, oh, is Trump ahead in the polls? Is Biden ahead of the polls? How's this gonna go? And my question is, why would we think that any Republican, whether it's DeSantis, whether it's Trump, whether it's Vivek Ramaswamy, whether it's Haley or Pence or Christie or whoever the nominee turns out to be, why would we think that they even had a chance to win in the 2024 presidential election when this kind of electioneering and invalidly cast ballots might have made a difference, that might have made a difference in 2020, that's just going to happen again because we haven't done anything to prevent it. To me, this is almost a bigger issue that we're facing than even the unfair and unjust and unlawful indictments of these individuals. Those are grotesque, and we should speak out in defense of these people who are being unfairly targeted by a weaponized government because Democrats don't care about the rule of law. But we're never going to be able to make the reforms that are needed and recapture the institutions that have been captured by the left and elect Republicans to the White House and to majorities in the Senate and in the House and even at the state level if the system is rigged. And if the system is rigged, then why aren't Republicans doing anything about it? Why are we just sitting here waiting for this all to happen again in 2024? Because my fear is that's what's going to happen. All of this is gonna happen all over again in 2024. And Republicans are going to act so surprised. They're going to blame Trump. They're going to say, oh, if we only had gotten rid of Trump and moved on. And that's not going to be the reason that Republicans lost. The reason that Republicans are going to lose is because all of these allegations of improperly administered elections, most of them are accurate and true. And yet we didn't do anything to fix the system. Call me a cynic. Call me a skeptic. Make sure you go and follow Sean Fleetwood 
at The Federalist. He's on X at Sean Fleetwood, um, just his name. Great article. Pass this on to your friends, to your family, to those that you discuss politics with, because this is really important stuff and a really important question Republicans and conservatives need to grapple with in the next, it's not even a year and a half. It's a year and a couple of months before the 2024 presidential election. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.